Listening to the new Blue Review. I'm Benji Shulman, and if you're joining us on 101.9 Chai FM or the Jerusalem Post, welcome to the show. Nice to be with you. And today we're going social on the new Blue Review. That's uh, right, social media. We're uh, checking out to see what are the Jews doing on the interweb. Uh, we know with the people of the book, but have we become the people of the Facebook? Should we be doing more tweeting and less moaning? And do we have a plan for Instagram? Uh, and to help us in, in this particular journey today, we have Avi Meyer. He's the international spokesperson for the Jewish Agency. Uh, he is, in fact, a regular Twitter and has the honor of regularly annoying publications like Electronic Intifada. So really no better person to be talking to us about this issue. Avi, welcome to the new Blue Review. Thank you so much, Benji. Thank you for having me. So, as a start, uh, do you think we're looking at a different kind of social media than we were in the early days uh, of Facebook and Twitter, you know, given the American elections, things like Brexit? It feels to me, at any rate, that social media has changed a bit. Well, I think that the most dramatic change has been that uh, while at the beginning people perhaps used social media as an occasional tool that they would check from time to time, um, we've gotten to the point at which uh, people consume their news directly from social media. It's become the number one source of news for many people around the world. Um, and it's used as an organizing tool as well. Um, I think what we've seen in recent weeks is that uh, much of, uh, of of the organizing that's gone around the events in Charlottesville, for example, in Virginia, happened on social media. That was very much a social media-generated event. Um, and And many of the responses came from that space as well. And so... Uh, to, to call social media something niche or, or, or small at this point it would not be accurate. I think uh, a lot of the news that we're seeing in the world today uh, is, in fact, finding its source in social media. I mean, I hear the argument, and I do think that uh, you're correct in that. But I also kind of sometimes get the sense that Twitter is not real life and that even uh, the very sort of large uh, newspaper outlets and news outlets uh, don't necessarily have as much reach as perhaps they have on the ground or that it doesn't always reflect people's thinking. How much you know, influence do you think social media is having vis-a-vis what people are actually thinking on the ground? Well, I think social media is tremendously influential. I mean, we have a president today who communicates largely through that platform. Um, he perhaps is the first Twitter president. Um, and I think that that in itself indicates the significance of this platform and the fact that he's able to communicate directly with such a broad public, uh, you know, perhaps generates controversy in some corners, but it certainly can't be ignored. Um, I, I, I don't uh, agree with those who say that uh, Social media is not real. I think it is very real. I think sometimes the personalities that are reflected in social media could perhaps be warped um, by the need to stuff whatever they have to say into 140 characters or something like that, um, which, which is a dynamic that needs to be discussed in and of itself. Um, but I definitely think that social media is, is indeed real, um, and it is here to stay. So if we take your point that social media is real and uh, we look at uh, some of the debates going around uh, the world at the moment uh, you've talked about organizing uh, we're talking about obviously this is an Israel related program and there's all, Israel's always in the news how do you think that the, the use of social media is affecting that debate you mean the debate around Israel yeah well I think that it's it's 
actually serve to polarize it even further. Um, I think what we often have are advocates on either side talking largely to themselves. Um, you have pro-Israel folks who talk to other pro-Israel folks, and you have anti-Israel folks who talk largely to anti-Israel folks. Um, and unfortunately, there's not much uh, of an exchange of information between them. Um, from time to time, though, those uh, posts, those tweets, uh, do in fact go, go much further, and they are able to reach a broader public. And I think that is where the battle really happens. And I think that what we have is both sides trying to vie for the attention uh, of those in the middle who are, of course, the majority of people in the world. The majority of people don't really feel strongly one way or the other. Um, and therefore, they could be swayed in either direction. Um, and I think what, what we've seen is a very concerted effort, really, by both sides um, to try and sway public opinion by the use of social media, something that is ongoing. We have organizations doing it uh, in a very uh, methodical and very professional manner, and we have individuals doing so as well. Um, and it's, it's a constant debate. It's a conversation that's happening all the time. Do you think we as the sort of global Jewish community are in fact organized enough thinking about ways that, that we can get the message out there? Because one of the things about social media is it's also about numbers, which as a small people we don't always have access to. Uh, so the only option we have to be is to be more organized. The answer is no. Um, we're nowhere near organized enough. Um, and we are, I think, in many regards playing catch up uh, to the other side. Um, what we've seen, and, and we have quite a bit of experience in this regard, is that the other side is actually very well organized. They coordinate their messages, um, they time their tweets uh, for specific periods so that they can create what are called Twitter storms and get issues to uh, trend on Twitter. Um, they do this in a very, very methodical manner. Um, and while I think we are doing a lot better than we had in the past, I think there's a, there is not nearly enough coordination um, I think that uh, organizations uh, are not properly mobilizing individuals. Um, there's not enough conversation happening between official bodies in Israel that can produce useful information uh, and uh, nonprofit uh, or advocacy organizations. Um, so I think that there's a lot of improvement to be done in that regard. Yeah, certainly I think that it is something that requires uh, a, a lot of organizing. Uh, are we seeing people also organizing not just in the social sphere and the messaging, but also you know on the ground? I'm uh, thinking now of like the Temple Mount debate, for example, um, was was trending even two weeks after uh, that had happened. Uh, and it, it seems to me that there's also an effect on the ground, not just sort of at, at the messaging level. Well, I think the two are, are very closely related. I mean, what you see happening on the ground in many cases, is that individuals, um, particularly coming from Palestinian society, will be radicalized um, or will be driven by uh, hateful or false messaging that they're seeing on Twitter or on Facebook and will then be driven to carry out acts of terror. Um, so I think that there is absolutely a link mm -hmm. between the two. Um, I think that uh, it, it, the, you know, Twitter and Facebook and all these other social media outlets are very much a double-edged sword. They can be used for good. And they can be used to inform and to connect people to one another. Um, but they can also be used to very negative uh, and hostile means. Um, just earlier today, we had a former South African MP uh, coming out and, and suggesting that the Holocaust might not have been an entirely negative thing. Um, that's a, a tremendously painful and hateful thing to, to happen. And um, I think it just illustrates the degree to which uh, Twitter really can be used as a tool for, for evil, just as it can for, for good. Yeah, and certainly since that tweet happened about two hours ago from 
from this particular program uh, that is quite interesting. Also, the speed at which information is moving across uh, the World Wide Web. Let's move away from the actual, the big organizations, uh, the government institutions, all, all that sort of thing. I'm an individual. I have a Twitter account. Maybe I use it to follow the news, but I don't really engage with it. What would be your your tips on on, on sort of getting into the fray without getting burnt? Well, I think, first of all, it's important to ensure that you're following the right people. Um, There are uh, many accounts associated uh, with Israel, with Israeli figures, Israeli organizations, Israeli government bodies um, that are tremendously useful sources of information and analysis, and I would make sure that you are following the right ones. Um, but I also think it's important to, to, to keep uh, a handle on what the other side is saying. Um, I make sure to monitor uh, the claims that are being made by the other side so that I can see the conversations they're trying to start and the, the narratives that they're trying to develop um, so that I can develop my, my responses in kind. Um, and, and I think the next step after that really is engagement. Um, if you feel that you're not sufficiently engaged, there's, there's really nothing holding you back. Um, I think that if you engage people enough, if you ask questions, if you raise uh, challenges to things that people say, it'll become increasingly difficult for people to ignore you. Um, and you should share other people's content. I think one of the easiest ways of being noticed uh, is if you retweet someone, if you share their content on Facebook. Um, they will take note of that, and they will perhaps consider you source in kind. Um, and so I think that it's, it's sort of a goal um, in which people who notice one another and one another generally tend to form something. Of, um, now, said, there's a risk uh, that become will speaking to people who just feel the same way you effective ways of breaking out of that is ensuring that you are not viewed having a one um, tweet largely about it's very much something that I care about and did with online. Um, but I try to show up aspects of my personality and my life as well. You know, I talk about, um, you know, what it's like living in Jerusalem. I, I share items about Jewish holidays. Sometimes I just share things that interest me. Um, because I think it's important for people to realize that they are engaging with real-life human beings and not these automatons, these robots, who are just turning out uh, messaging. And so I think once you develop a dynamic online personality, you'll find your way to engage with those who you feel you need to engage with online. And in addition, you can also then bring in other people who may not be part of uh, the conversation. Often I find that people may not be interested in, say, the issue of Israel itself, but I don't know, they have an interest in birds or an interest in mountains or an interest in other kinds of politics or whatever it is. And and, and they find, because of the society that Israel is, their issue interesting in Israel. Uh, And I think it's a great way of being able to, uh, to, to bring other people who are not in the conversation into it. That's, that's exactly right. I think that if we, if we focus strictly on the conflict, we're doing Israel a tremendous disservice. Israel is a dynamic, beautiful society with many, many elements to it. Um, it is a, a very advanced society with regard to uh, business and technology. Certainly the startup scene is very vibrant. Um, it has a very lively arts and cultural scene. It's seen as a culinary capital, as a tourist destination. Um, and all of these are elements that can find their way into your conversations about Israel, and they should. 
um, because those are all things that people around the world are interested in, and they can serve as bridges to the question of how do we relate to Israel. Um, and I think that this is, a, this is something that has been identified uh, by many organizations in recent years as something that uh, needs some work. Uh, but I think it is something that is uh, being emphasized more and more. There's an organization called Israel 21C um, that has an entire website dedicated to Israel beyond the conflict. And this is everything from, again, business and technology to arts and culture to general aspects of Israeli society. Um, and I think those are the sort of stories that we need to be telling more, because for many people around the world, if they think of Israel at all, they think of it in the context of, of conflict and strife. And that's certainly not the image that we would like to, to put forward. And I think it falls to us to tell a different story. So where do you see that story going? I mean, there is, um, obviously, as you say, beyond the conflict stuff, and that's very important. But what I find lacking sometimes in groups that do this kind of advocacy is that there there's not an overall arching goal you know i can't i can't point to any one organization and say well you know your job is definitely to make sure that uh, israel is seen this way in this kind of public or or anything like that whereas i can tell you what the other side's goals are fairly easily and i'm not even part of their team uh, so do you think that as a Jewish world, we also actually need to be developing more of a strategic direction, and that will help our communication? Well, look, I, you know, we're all familiar with the with the, uh, the adage that if you get two, two Jews in a room, you'll end up having three opinions. Um, and that is certainly true with regard to the online sphere as well. I don't think that we will ever achieve uniformity, but I think we can aspire to unity. Um, and I think the, our unity of message should be very simple, that we support Israel's right to exist as a Jewish and democratic homeland in peace and security. And I think that if you can connect to that message in some way, and it doesn't matter how you feel about this or that Israeli policy or this or that Israeli action, if you can connect to that very broad and I think very easily relatable goal, um, then you are a part of this conversation. Um, and I think that, that you can approach it from, from different directions. There are legitimate conversations to be had about um, various aspects of uh, policy in Israel and government decisions, and it's totally fine for people to hold opposing views. But as long as we are all on the same page in that regard, I think that that needs to be our overarching goal. And, I, you know, I think that there's, there's a, a tendency in certainly many corners of the Jewish world to get caught up in what divides us uh, and, and in driving people apart. And I think that if we look at what it is that can bring us together, this very simple goal of preserving Israel as a Jewish and democratic homeland and enabling it to live in peace and security, um, I think that the, that's something that can really help to inspire uh, greater conversation around these issues. You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. This is the New Blue Review. I'm Benji Shulman. We're talking to Avi Meyer. He's the international spokesperson of the Jewish Agency. And we'll be back right after this. Stay relevant and up to date. This is 101.9 High FM. You're back with 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. And we're being social today on the show, dealing with social media, understanding it, coming to grips with it, and seeing how you can make a contribution to what is a, a global conversation. And uh, we're speaking to Avi Meyer. He's the international spokesperson for the Jewish Agency, and I might say very, very active on Twitter, which is uh, excellent. Now, Avi, I wanted to ask you more specifically around actual argumentation. Right? I sometimes find that 
Twitter itself in particular is very open to people just insulting, hurling insults, uh, and just being really aggressive. And obviously, I guess there's, there is sometimes a place for that kind of, of rhetoric. But uh, I've often seen public figures that are, for example, taking maybe a controversial uh, stance on Israel one way or another, and that when when people go and attack them on, on Twitter very aggressively, it doesn't help them engage uh, in the conversation. You can't really move the position. So what would be your perspective on, if you see something on Twitter, how, how do you engage? Well, first, I think it's important not to get swept up uh, by emotion. Uh, I think that it's, it's often very easy to, um, once you see something um, uh, that, that in, you know, inflames your emotions, that upsets you greatly, uh, to respond in an emotive way, um, that tends not to bring out the best of us, and it tends not to be very well received by others. Um, I think it's very important to remain level-headed, to keep one's uh, arguments rooted in fact, uh, to ensure that you are linking to reputable uh, sources of information, websites, and so on, that people can then explore on their own and see that you're not just making things up. Um, and that takes, uh, that takes some time. And it may be that even though you see something and you would like to respond immediately, it would be more effective for you to wait a couple of minutes, actually research the matter, develop your uh, your, your most effective tweet, again, you have a, only 140 characters. So you have to make sure that you are uh, phrasing yourself in the most appropriate way and only then responding to, to that inflammatory remark. Um, you know, and, and this is perhaps easier said than done. Um, but at the end of the day, if we, are, are, if we have an ultimate goal, if we have an ar- overarching goal of shifting the conversation online into one that is uh, more amenable to preserving Israel's interests, we need to be we need to be constantly aware of how we express ourselves, when we express ourselves, um, who we're speaking to. We don't have to respond to every single comment by every single low level uh, person. If if an individual only has a couple of followers on Twitter and they you know say something anti-Semitic, okay, you can let that go. But certainly, if that comment is coming from someone as significant as again a former member of Parliament with seventy five thousand followers or any other public figure, then in that case, it certainly does deserve a response. And what about beyond Twitter? I mean, Facebook is still the sort of fat kid in the canoe of, of social media. I mean, it really uh, is the biggest. And it's Instagram and LinkedIn. You know, what role do you see other sorts of social media uh, playing in, in, in this debate? Because not everybody is a Twitterer. Uh, you know, Pinterest, for example, I have friends who literally are nothing else except Pinterest. Uh, what is the way that perhaps other social media can, can play a role here? Well, I would say that, that different social media platforms have different strengths. Uh, Twitter is very good at uh, generating conversation on a very broad scale with people around the world, um, but it's perhaps less effective at building one-to-one connections. Um, Facebook is much better uh, at that, frankly. Um, Facebook is based on uh, personal friendships, on personal relationships, um, and on leveraging those relationships to, to disseminate information. Um, Instagram, of course, is different because it is based on on images and now on short videos as well. Um, and I think the most effective way of using that would be uh, to take images that one photographed uh, during a visit to Israel or uh, infographics about Israel and so on, um, and using using Instagram to push those out. And so it's definitely true that each one has different characteristics and different strengths, but I think that no matter what social media platform one is most comfortable using, uh, one can certainly use that platform for good in this regard. 
Yeah, I think that that is definitely uh, the case. I mean, if someone's never done social media, I mean, it's sometimes hard to believe, but uh, you know, there are still people who are, are, are wary of this and, and not sure. Where would you where would you suggest to start? Well, I think that the most people really are on Facebook. Um, so it probably makes sense to start there. It's also a very useful tool in one's personal life. Um, but if one has an ultimate goal of engaging uh, in a, a broader conversation uh, about issues of import, certainly about Israel, about really anything else, um, I would say that Twitter is the place to go. Um, but if one really is only getting started on social media, um, actually, I think the best piece of suggestion I could have provided would be to listen for the first period. To sit and see what people are saying, how people express themselves, what engagement looks like on either side, and only once one has a handle on that, should they then jump in uh, and engage in the conversation themselves. Uh, I I think at the same time that one shouldn't be uh, intimidated by it or afraid to engage in social media. It's actually not very scary at all once you start doing it. Um, But I, I do think that there is value to um, listening before one speaks, which I think is something that is valuable in general uh, in life, but certainly in the social sphere as well. And, and connected to that, how broad do you put your net? I mean, on Facebook, do you only have your friends? Should you have people that you're not so sure about, people that you definitely don't like so that you're uh, exposed to other arguments? Uh, it, it, I find it quite difficult. You lose friends on Facebook over these sorts of things. Uh, I, you know, where, where, do you, where do you personally like to place um, you know, your limit on who you're friends with? Well, I, I, I would say that I use Facebook primarily uh, as a, a personal platform um, to engage with people I know personally in my day-to-day life. Um, and so the things I say there tend to be more inward-focused. Um, I will talk more about uh, dynamics in Jerusalem, within Israel, um, sometimes I'll be, frankly, more critical uh, than I would be on a more public platform, in which case I will uh, set my uh, post to go only to those of my friends who can see those sorts of things. Um, but Twitter, of course, is a much broader platform. Um, and when I speak on Twitter, I realize that anything I say there uh, can and probably mm-hmm. will be seen by people around the world. And therefore, I, I will calibrate my messaging accordingly. Um, you know, I, and I, I think that that is really the the beauty of Twitter, um, that you really can reach people across the globe, uh, people with whom you would have no contact otherwise. Um, And I think that that in and of itself provides endless opportunities for engagement. Um, It is, of course, then also uh, quite intimidating at times, um, quite overwhelming when you realize that anything you say uh, is out there and can be seen by so many people, um, which again just brings back that point about ensuring that what you're saying uh, is coming from a, a place of level-headedness, mm. um, is rooted in fact, uh, is not easily refuted, um, and and is reflective of reality. And so, you know, I think that there are different roles for different social media outlets, and, and I try to calibrate my message accordingly. I, I heard someone once say that uh, you should never put anything on social media that you wouldn't want to see on the front page of a newspaper the next day, or indeed you would want to see on on a front page of the newspaper next day. You've got to you, you can choose. So it, uh, it's quite a, a good rule of thumb, I thought. Uh, Avi, you you are famous for having get gotten into some excellent twas uh, on Facebook, some Twitter wars, uh, having exposed some. Uh, really uh, sort of dastardly stuff on different media platforms. Can you give us a story or two about uh, actual examples in this space? 
Well, yeah, I, I think um, one of the episodes uh, that I speak about quite a lot um, took place uh, not long ago, a couple of years ago now, um, in which uh, during one of the rounds of fighting between Israel and Hamas, I saw an image that was being circulated very broadly um, of a young girl uh, being held by an older man. And, and the headline said, uh, another child killed by Israel, another child finds her death in Gaza. Um, and I remember being, being very troubled by it, but feeling that something was a bit off. And so I did what's called the reverse image search, um, where I plugged the address of the image into uh, Google Images, and I found immediately that it was not, in fact, a new image. Um, and after some more detective work, uh, some other people around the world, other activists and I, uh, managed to discover that, in fact, the girl had not been killed by Israel. Um, she'd been killed... Uh, she actually fell off of a swing set in Gaza and was brought into uh, the hospital in Gaza at the same time as Hamas operatives who had been killed by Israel. Um, and so initially, when the photo first came out, um, it was published by a very major uh, international news organization. There was some confusion, and they later corrected it. But at the time, when I saw this image, um, it was being circulated very broadly uh, as though, in fact, this girl had been killed by Israel, and so we made sure that that story was known. Um, but only afterwards we discovered that the person who was disseminating this photo was actually a United Nations employee. Um, and once that became public, the Israeli ambassador to the UN at the time, Ron Pessor, submitted a, a formal um, complaint to the Secretary General, who then ordered an investigation, and this woman was ultimately suspended and then fired. Um, and this entire story transpired only because uh, a few activists around the world saw something on Twitter and decided to do something about it. So I think that this just illustrates the strength of this platform and its capacity to really have an impact on world affairs. Well, there you go. If you want a story uh, that can inspire you, one person on a cell phone really can change the world in all sorts of ways. Uh, Abi, if people want to get more information, learn about Twitter tools, uh, just set up an account, what, what would you suggest as a next step for them? Well, I think that there are, there are endless resources online for those who are interested in improving their skills on Twitter, on Facebook, or on any other platform. And all you have to do is, uh, is insert uh, you know, a search term like Twitter tips or Twitter tools into Google, and you'll find uh, endless resources. Um, but in terms of, uh, of, of resources to follow with regard to Israel, I think it's important to have a bit of a mix. I think on the one hand, you should be following um, experts and analysts, people who are knowledgeable about, about Israel and know a lot about the conflict. But it's also important to ensure that you are getting um, your news from a variety of sources, both uh, right and left, and of course center as well. Um, anything from Haaret to Arucheva, the Jerusalem Post, the Times of Israel. Um, each one has a, a slightly different nuance, a different perspective on the conflict, and I think all have uh, an important voice in this conversation. Um, certainly, I think that um, Israeli government sources can be helpful. Um, the IDF has a very lively and active uh, social media presence, uh, as does the coordinator of government activities in the territories, Kogat, which is responsible for uh, civilian Palestinian affairs. Um, and really, the list is endless. And I think that eventually, once one starts following enough of these uh, these sources, these uh, accounts, and then realizes who they're following and what sort of accounts they're retweeting, they'll get a sense of uh, of the resources that make the most sense to them. And this is something that that'll develop in time.
Well, there we go. Uh, certainly some sage advice from an online warrior. Avi, most importantly, what's your Twitter account? So my, my Twitter account is my name, Avi Mayer, A-V-I-M-A-Y-E-R, and I'm always uh, very happy to engage with anyone who comes my way. Well, there you go. If you want to start somewhere on social media, I think that is an excellent place uh, that uh, to begin. Avi Mayer, uh, international spokesperson for the Jewish Agency, thank you so much for being on the new Blue Review and for your time. Thank you very much, Benji.